Good evening, sketchbookers. It's your host, Ryan Sketch, here at Sketchbook Audio. Of course, where else would we be? Hey, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, just happened last week, and uh, lots of cool stuff to talk about. In particular, vehicles that are coming from Stellantis. That's the conglomerate of FCA and a lot of European brands that maybe some of you know about, and to most of my American friends and family, uh, and just, uh, natives, um, we probably don't know too much about them, but here at sketchbook audio, we like to talk about all the cars, all the things right here on sketchbook audio. So stay tuned. Cause we got a pretty cool show coming right up. All right. Welcome back. Sketchbook audio, friends and family, sketchbookers, artists, creative people alike. Welcome to another episode of Sketchbook Audio. Hey, have you ever heard of CES? If you have, then you already know that it stands for the Consumer Electronics Show, which happens in Las Vegas every year around this time. Well, this year was increasingly cool because like the last uh, few shows at CES, now I can't actually remember the last CES show. I'm pretty sure they had one in 2021. Don't think they had it in 2020 or 2019. Cannot remember that far back. But uh, it's an electronic show, right? They show off the biggest TVs. Um, PlayStation has shown off stuff there. In fact, actually, Sony showed off a new remote control that uh, is meant for disabled people, people with different disabilities, and it allows them to play the game in a much more comfortable and intuitive way. And you know what? Actually, I think the next episode, we're going to talk about some of that stuff because it's product design and it's really cool because uh, as a product designer or uh, somebody who's tasked with creating the next, oh, well, whether it's PlayStation or the controller itself or uh, anything else that's, you know, a human media interface or, or some kind of um, connection to a more technological world. Uh, we have a lot of, you know, just freedom to come up with crazy stuff. And this was one of those crazy ideas. And when you look at it at first, you're kind of like, what in the futuristic is that? And then you realize it really makes sense. It just looks super cool. So we're going to talk about some of that probably in the next episode. But on today's episode, um, like, as I was saying, uh, some of the previous CES shows, they've been introducing a lot of cars. Uh, in fact, I believe Fiat and Chrysler actually showed off electric vehicles or concept vehicles in the past, and it's really opened up the space to show off more technology, not only just things that are going to go in cars like audio sound systems in cars or the latest uh, ATIS or autonomous driving assistance systems and, or whatever they are, but <clears throat> it's also a a way to showcase new vehicles. And it makes sense, right? A car is a product. It's just a very large one. Uh, and they are chock full of technology these days. And even more so, a lot of them are going in the way of really making the car feel like an office away from your office or a home away from home. And that's really awesome, especially if you're into the whole autonomous car thing. But as you know, I'm not... Uh, <laughs> I want to be able to drive my car. I don't care to do some of the things that a lot of companies are bringing into your, your cockpit essentially, but you know, there is a place for it. In some cases it does make sense and it could be pretty exciting. Well, we're going to talk about some of those cars, some of the tech that they're showcasing, and then I'm going to just kind of throw out some interesting things that, uh, are, they're still a part of the automotive industry, but um, they caught my eye this week, and uh, I really wanted to bring them up to you guys because I want your opinion. I want your thoughts on, you know, what really should be the, the status quo, I guess. So let's dive into it. The first thing I need to talk about is the biggest of them. Uh, Ram has been pitching this Ram revolution for quite some time now. In fact, I think it goes back... Um, way until early last year, so 2021, and uh, or late 2021, I can't remember which it was exactly, but they showcased a bunch of vehicles, 
and kind of gave you like a silhouette and what some of the architecture will be. And they mentioned a lot about the STLA platform, which is the Stellantis large architecture and uh, how flexible that architecture actually is. And when you think about like a skateboard platform, which by the way, General Motors is the company that coined the term skateboard platform uh, for electric vehicles. And essentially the idea was you could scale a skateboard to however big and small you want. So why not scale something that looks similar, you know, but carries a battery and maybe the motors and the wheels and be able to scale it all the same, you know, endlessly make it as small as you want, make it as big as you want, but still maintain the overall architecture and some of the similar dimensions anyways. Well, um, Ram and, and FCA and Stellantis, they showed a, a bunch of vehicles, including the new Hornet, by the way. Um, <clears throat> I think they showed something similar to the Chrysler Airflow electric concept car, which let's face it, it's going to probably go into production. I mean, it, the whole thing is production ready. Uh, and then they showcased um, uh, some cargo vans and a bunch of other things that are coming in the near future. And we've already seen the Charger Daytona SRT Banshee, a two-door muscle car for the future or for the modern day. Uh, you know, it's just all electric. But <clears throat> one of the vehicles that they really kind of pushed was a big full-size truck that would be electric. But Ram specifically stated that they were going to go above and beyond what Hummer did with their trucks, what GM uh, has done with uh, with the GMC Sierra and the Chevy Silverado EVs. And then also what Ford has done with the Lightning. Oh, and of course, Rivian for the R1T. They wanted to do something even more. I'm not going to get into all the nit and gritty about uh, the performance and the electrification, but what I did want to really dive into are the features that are in this vehicle because it's really something you can only get with a scalable platform like this and just with an electric car in general. So uh, fast forward after all of these months and they kept hinting at uh, the future of Ram and you know we knew an electric vehicle was coming from Ram so it has to be a truck right because Ram is a truck brand just like Jeep is an SUV brand. Uh, so they, they kept teasing us and hinting at these things. We've got like little glimpses of the, the front profile or just almost dead on in the front. And I think a little teaser of the rear as well. Well, they finally showed off the whole kit and caboodle at CES. And what better place really to showcase it? Because it is a vessel full of technology. And some of the features that they threw in here are kind of like little nods to some of the other brands that have already come out with their vehicles. So, uh, you know, if some people were wondering, well, why is it taking FCA or Stellantis or whoever uh, this long to come out with an electric vehicle? And part of it is because, you know, they wanted to make sure that they just got it right the first time, you know, measure twice or three times, cut once. And I think they nailed it here. Now, this is a concept, but rest assured, this is pretty close to what we are probably going to see in the future because for the most part at least on the exterior this thing is production ready so let's dive into it the ram rev or the rev 1500 uh i can't remember if they were trying to go for like revolutionary or ram electric vehicle for our rev i don't remember exactly but needless to say this thing was badass it's pretty big but it's not as big as like the Chevy Silverado EV or the GMC Sierra EV. It's it's just bigger in in different ways in almost a similar package to what we currently have in a current generation Ram. Here are the differences. With this electric architecture and this new platform, they are able to lower the greenhouse quite a bit. They are able to make the roof line so much more raked and streamlined and aerodynamic uh, they were able to widen it where it needs to be, taper it in where it can be, and you know, just give you a very athletic truck that has a little bit of what Ram has been known for over the years, but also show you something new, show you what Ram can be and probably will be in the very near future. And it's a very bright future if we get at least 75% of what we're seeing here with this Rev 1500 concept. 
Uh, I mean, we can start with like the illuminated illuminated badging on the front, the side, the rears, in the wheels. Those are pretty cool. But from a functionality standpoint, uh, the one thing that really just is the icing on the cake for this uh, vehicle is the pass-through um, front frunk, right? So Rivian has the pass-through uh, like corridor that's in between the cab and the truck bed, essentially. Now, since the Rivian R1T is just a unibody vehicle, you know, there isn't really a separation between the truck bed and the uh, the cab. Uh, unlike most other trucks <clears throat> where there is a separation, uh, this the, uh, the Rivian R1T does not have that. So they're able to use a lot of empty space for actual practical, functional, usable space. Um, and you can throw snowboards in there, skis, a lot of other hiking or hunting equipment. You can even get it installed with or upfitted with a full like uh, cooking range. It's it's insane what they were able to do. Well, Ram didn't go that far, but they went a little further, just kind of in a different way. Now, typically with a frunk, you have a trunk of sorts in the front, hence the term frunk. Well, normally you can fit a good amount of stuff. I mean, we've seen the F-150 and the Hummer trucks. They can fit quite a good amount of stuff there. And there's some cases like the Mach-E where it's really deep, but it's not super wide, but you can still, it's usable, it's functional. And then we see vehicles like the EV6 where there's like no usable space whatsoever, just enough for the charging cable. Uh, but Ram was like, well, we can do all that and then some. So when you open up the front, you get things like grocery bag hooks, anchors, tie downs, these two little flaps in the center that lift up and they create a tunnel and a pass through from the frunk all the way through the cabin, through the back of the cabin and into the truck bed. And then some, I mean, just the usable space alone that's within the vehicle, you know, also including the truck bed is 18 feet. So you could put, it looks like you could put two by fours, two by twos, four by fours, uh, two by sixes. You can put a ton of stuff through this pass through and just let it run through the center of the vehicle. And it doesn't hinder any of the occupants whatsoever because it actually goes where the uh, transmission tunnel normally would go. And because it's an EV, there isn't a transmission tunnel and there doesn't need to be. And uh, you just have all this usable space and it's durable, rugged materials that are able to support these things. And you know, the rest of the cabin on the interior, aside from the fact that it's gorgeous, it's super high tech and functional, everything's on sliding rails. So you can slide the front seats up extremely far. You can push the second row up all the way, touching the back of the front row. And there's even a third row, but everything moves. Everything is functional and usable and smart and intuitive. It's just, it's a, it's a home run as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, they put lighting where it should be, um, little hooks and and added touches here and there for functionality. It's just insane. There was also something in the door panel that I can't remember exactly what it was, but that was pretty cool. You know, Rivian has, um, and even I think so Rolls Royce, they have flashlights in the door. You just like push a button and it pops out. Ram had something similar, and I just cannot remember for the life of me what it was. I'll try to find it, but... Um, if you go on autoblog.com, if you go to uh, ramtrucks.com, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. There's plenty of stuff uh, to be looked at. And then you look at the truck bed and it's a truck, right? It's got to be functional. It's got to be practical. It's got to have everything that typical truck owners would see in their current trucks, but then go a step further. Uh, the truck bed, it's and it's a weird thing. When you look at the side of this truck, you still think and look at it like it's a body on frame. You still have a separation and a segmentation of the uh, the cabin from the truck bed. But I'm not so sure it's really as separate as it may seem. I think they used really smart design cues to give you the illusion of what was going on. Uh, but it's really cohesive. So you have this really cool line that's almost like a roll bar on the back of the truck. And it goes kind of, it follows the path of where you would typically see the separation of cab and bed. 
And then that goes down underneath the body of the truck or the door panels, wherever you would have sheet metal. So you have this very nice, thick, bulky looking um, underside that makes it look durable and rugged. Uh, but then you have this beautiful sheet metal and everything just looks like it's sandwiching other parts of the vehicle, like the front fenders and the hood. They feel like they're sandwiching or grappling onto the lighting elements of the front. And uh, they have these really cool motifs. Um, they call it the tuning fork. And I rather like it. It's smart. It's interesting. It uses a lot of um, real estate for the lighting. But it doesn't do what the F-150 lighting, which is uh, run lighting the entire length of the truck. It's actually separated. Those two tuning forks are separated by the Ram logo, which is huge and fully lit. It's also a new Ram logo, by the way. If you haven't seen it already, um, it's very much like how Kia spelled out Kia, but it looks like K-N. Um, but it's Ram, and you can clearly see that it spells out Ram. There's no second guessing that one. Uh, but they incorporated things like the amber safety lights. Um, it looks like there's a giant hood scoop in the you know on the hood and it goes through the grill kind of like the arrow wing that's on the new charger ev uh just a lot of smart features for an ev and i think one of my favorite features of this vehicle is the overall athletic stance of it but also there's like a shark fin that's created uh from the back of the rear door and the floating roof line and this thing, and it's just, it's different. You haven't seen a vehicle utilize any kind of shape like that before. And I really like it. It's, there's a nice blend of Hyundai Tucson and, or I'm sorry, Hyundai, uh, Santa Cruz, a Ram truck. And uh, I almost want to say something more aggressive, like a Viper. There's, there's just some really cool lines in here. And uh, I, I really love the design on this. And, and I want to know what you guys think, because it's it's just it's truly revolutionary for Ram um, or really any of FCA's vehicles. And I think it's smart. It's the right way to go. Now, yes, there's a lot of conceptual items in the vehicle, like the whole interior for the most part is probably three steps above what we would see in production. But it's still gives you an idea of what we are probably going to see, at least from a shape standpoint, probably not the materials or the overall, uh, maybe the textures. I don't know. There's a lot of Alcantara suede. Um, there's a lot of like syntax type leather or synthetic leather. And uh, it, it's just super cool. Another cool feature of this is the roof from the base of the windshield all the way to the back of the roof. It's all glass. And there's a really cool, it's like a, it's basically the the tuning fork motif going through the whole roof. It's almost like a honeycomb grill type texture on the on the roof, but just absolutely bonkers. And I love this because uh, it just doesn't feel quite like a truck. I mean, if you put a little bit of a backing on this, you know, like a, a bed cover or a bed topper, you would almost get like a sports car SUV. And I like it. It doesn't feel quite as big and boisterous as the Silverado EV or the Hummer EV or the Sierra EV truck. It just feels right. And it feels very athletic. It feels very capable. Uh, and, and I like it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, okay. On to the next one. The next one is, uh, and we're going to, I'm going to talk about this one real quick. Then we're going to take a break and we're going to jump back into it. So don't go anywhere, but this next one's a weird one. Cause it really sets the stage for, um, what BMW is going to look like in the near future. And while some of these items are probably too conceptual for mass market consumption, they are proof of concept. They were able to get these things working, and I think they're very close uh, to what we could see as a very revolutionary thing uh, in the near future. So if you ever have seen James Bond, um, there's one with Pierce Brosnan where he gets into a car called the Aston Martin Vanish. Now, I think it was like a Vanquish, but um, they called it the Vanish because it had like a camouflage tech, essentially cameras on all over the car and uh, it could project onto the opposite panels what it was seeing, uh, you know, in front of it. So 
whatever was on the left side of the vehicle was actually projected onto the right and then vice versa. So um, BMW kind of used something similar, but not with cameras. What they did was, uh, maybe it's not really similar at all. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's late at night, folks. I'm sorry. Let's just talk about this cool tech because it's really mind-blowing and the uh, the applications are just super cool. So they use something called digital ink and basically they took all these panels and they were able to put like a liquid into it and with the right electric current and some other tweaking, they're able to change the color of the car at will whenever and it's not just the color of the car they can add racing stripes they can change the color from just one individual panel multiple panels every panel is just something different now if you get up and close to the car you will see a lot of segmentation there's all these little panels inside each major panel and it can be a little distracting but at the same time when you see a cohesive color scheme on this it's really cool and it kind of goes in line with some of these other cars that we've seen as a historic um like a nameplate like herbie the love bug or kit uh the knight rider car or even the delorean it's just mind-blowing tech for its time and I, hey it's here now we're able to do these crazy things and bmw is very proud to show you that they're almost ready to do it right now uh, the other thing that I really liked about this car, the overall shape and proportions are kind of weird. I don't really get BMW from any of it except for maybe the front, uh, but the front is what I want to talk about. The front has the kidney bean grills extended the full width of the car, the front of the car, uh, and the headlights are just these two diagonal hash marks, kind of like Dodge's logo, but one on each side. And those are your headlights, or maybe they're just the daytime running lights. I don't know exactly. Um, but the grill is also customizable in a way. And it's interesting because it would let you go from just like a normal base BMW, whatever this is, one series, two series, three series, uh, and quickly change it to a BMW M just by changing the color on the outside of the panels. Uh, I'm, I like it. It's up badging, but in like a cool futuristic way. And I'm I'm here for this. If this is the vibe of the future, count me in because uh, the idea of going to get my car repainted is just, I don't ever want to go there. Getting it wrapped is also extremely expensive. And what if you don't like the wrap? You still have to pay for what materials were in the time that was used. Or what if somebody peels it off or you get water or salt? I, you know, there's just a lot of things with that. But with a car that could just change its color at will, you know, all you got to do is push a couple buttons. Oh, I love that idea. Okay, so that's BMW. There's like three more really cool cars that I want to talk about. And then I'm going to jump into a couple little interesting tidbits uh, that I saw along the way. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will dive into a Volkswagen, a Peugeot. And believe it or not, but Sony and Honda have finally come out with their own car. And uh, you're, you're going to be a little surprised by the name because I am, and I have no idea what to make of it. All I know is this car is badass. So let's get to it. Take a quick break and we will be back here in no time. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with it, guys and gals. Um, okay, so I mentioned a Peugeot, a Sony and Honda vehicle. And uh, a couple other ones like Volkswagen and some interesting tidbits. So we're going to start with this Peugeot because Peugeot, the French are insane. Uh, and I mean that in a good way. So to all my French listeners, uh, merci beaucoup. And, um, you know, I don't speak a lot of French. I, I know like little words here and there. But if I knew the word for holy shit, uh, I would say it right now. I do not know what that word is in French. but. Um, this is just nuts. And I thought their Peugeot e-legend was just the cat's meow. This just, it it's mind-blowing. Everything from the stance to just the overall size and shape and proportions of this vehicle to the lighting elements, the wheels, and then the interior that is like being inside 
some sort of acid trip. I love this thing. I am obsessed with this thing. And I think the only thing that freaks me out about this car is the weird rectangular, I don't DJ panel steering wheel. It's weird. And I thought the yoke steering wheel from Tesla was weird. Uh, but this just, it's nuts. So I'm not even going to talk about the steering wheel other than to say that you need to look at it yourself. Because uh, it's cool. I just, it's like, I'm so used to a circle for a steering wheel. I don't know how I would, I don't know how I would survive with a giant rectangle steering wheel. But, you know, with this car, I think it's more about the journey rather than the driving experience. Or maybe this is a driver's car. I don't know. It looks like a driver's car. It's got this insane long greenhouse that almost makes it look like a, like a shooting brake. But then when you look at where the windshield actually is, it's not. It's like a, an elongated sedan. But it's proof that with an EV, you can do so much with that greenhouse. Um, and you can you can put weight in places where you normally wouldn't see weight on a car. And, and I love it. It's, it's fragile. It's athletic. It's aggressive. It's just sick. It's so badass. And you jump into the interior and it just gets even better. Uh, the front driver's seat almost is like a F1 kind of like lean back race car kind of seat. And it's, it's fixed too. Now I think the back of it, like the upper um, portion of it where your shoulder blades are, I think that moves forward and back but the rest of it i don't know i can't tell it almost looks like it slides on rails and it kind of goes up and down but it's this cantilevered form that starts at the base um of where like the dashboard is and then it rises upwards kind of like stadium seating i don't know if any of this makes sense when i'm talking about it but if you can envision uh sitting in a car where there's nothing underneath the driver and passenger seat and they almost look like they're floating. That's kind of what I'm, I'm going for here. Uh, another thing that I'm just noticing now is that there's this wild, wild artistic artesian, like handcrafted texture in the, um, this sort of carbon fiber. Uh, I don't even know what that is. It's like, um, it's like an accent lip on the front grill. It's right below the fanged headlights and below the grill, and it spreads the whole width of the car. And it looks kind of like carbon fiber, but at the same time, it's got like a a weird, unique texture to it that's not carbon fiber. I don't know. Maybe it's like a forged carbon fiber that was crafted in such a way that it's just like the new new for carbon fiber. I don't know. But this thing is cool, and it's it's like the sequel to the E Legend. And now I want to see what the trequel uh, trequel is, uh, because Peugeot's just on a roll, and I love this car. So I hope something like this comes from it. The good news is, while we'll never see something like this in the U.S., it could be a platform mate to uh, an FCA product because Stellantis owns Peugeot. So we could see something. Now, uh, I say that too also because the Charger, uh, the new Charger SRT, or Charger Daytona SRT Banshee, um, I do believe is going to sit on either the STLA platform or another one. And I think it's sharing some dimensions and tech with a Peugeot. And it would make sense because Peugeot's still making sedans and they're kind of making muscle car-esque things. I mean, if you look at just this car, the Peugeot Inception, it's got broad shoulders. It's got almost a coupe-like aesthetic to it and profile. I don't know. This could be, and it does have the arrow wing too. I mean, this could be Peugeot's version of the Charger. And uh, I think that would be awesome. So um, we can expect to see a lot more of this. And I honestly, I hope some, you know, Chrysler products here get some of the styling and the, the weird, <laughs> I mean this in a good way to all my French listeners, but I love your weird styling. I love it. Citroen, Peugeot, Renault. I love them all. 
And I need to see more of that here in the States because, well, we're just not going to get any of these vehicles. I'd have to import it. And it's just a nightmare to do. Okay, on to the next one. This is a Volkswagen that uh, I'm kind of excited about, but at the same time, I'm not because it's not any of the three little hatchbacks that uh, the Europeans get. Um, but it is an overall cool shape. But I think the thing that I love the most about this car is the way they presented it with this digital camouflage that's a just a gradient of different colors. It goes from blue to like an orangish red, and it's just so cool. Uh, I actually wish that was the car, you know, cut out where the windows are and just give me this wrap. I want the vehicle to look like this. Now, the overall proportions of this thing are kind of like the Volkswagen Arteon, but lifted a little bit more. There is definitely a lot of headroom from front to back. It has a very long swept raked uh, greenhouse roof line, um, <clears throat> big, bold wheels. It's kind of got that Acura Integra hatchback liftback look to it, which isn't a bad thing. It means it's very functional. It's very practical. It still kind of is in the sedan-esque uh, mindset, but it's it's a different take on it, really. And this is another one of those examples of what an electric architecture gives you the ability to do. And in this case, it allows you to have these very tucked in middles, like a like a hourglass waistline, uh, like a Coke bottle kind of form. And um, it it looks very thick. There's you know room in the bottom for the batteries, but it gives you a taller uh, headspace, more interior volume, a uh, usable interior volume. And it looks like, based on some of the pictures that I'm seeing on autoblog.com, that Volkswagen has rectified some of their more recent mistakes um, of putting touch buttons everywhere. Now they actually have, actually have real buttons that you push. Um, still, yes, a big, giant, massive screen up on the dash. And it looks a little twisted and wonky. But overall, I like the way everything else is laid out and it looks... It's got little hints of Audi in it, which is fine. I love Audi, but it's its its own, and it's that ID brand. Um, I wish it was. I wish we were getting, uh, and I don't know if we're going to get this here in the states, but there's a good chance we will, um, because it's kind of in that SUV wagon esque thing. And of course, here in America, that's all we love are big bloated SUVs and stuff. Um, but I, I really hope that. Uh, you know, one day we get something that's on par with um, Seat and some of like their Cupra products. Those things are cool and their EVs and they are just awesome. So if you haven't ever seen any of the Seat, uh, that's S-E-A-T. So it looks like Seat. Um, all you need to do is look up like Seat Cupra or the Forment, the Cupra Formenter. Um the Cupra Leon, the Leon Cupra R, uh, the Born. There are so many cool cars that come from this brand. And the crazy thing is they're pretty much Audis and Volkswagens. But they're, you know, and I never really liked them before. I didn't have the appreciation for them because it just felt like, well, it's just an Audi that's not sold in a lot of other countries. It's sold only in, you know, X amount of countries. And it more or less is, I mean, you get on the inside of the seat Leon Cupra and it's just the Volkswagen Golf, but they are so much more pretty. They are just so cool. And the Cupra Formenter is just awesome. It is a gorgeous vehicle. And this is one of those brands that uh, I need to have in the US. And I think somewhere I read that there's a chance that um, Seat is considering bringing cars to the u.s and if one of those happens to be the formenter and the uh, uh ateca I'm, I'm all for it i i need one of these vehicles here in the states like asap part of the reason is because of the bronze accents on the like the dark grayish blue body i love that but you know you don't get all the things that you you want in life that's just life okay so on to the next one um that was the id7 the volkswagen id7 i went on a little tangent there but 
ah, Seat is just such a cool car company. Okay, so this next one, I mentioned Sony has a car now. Yeah, they showed off two over the last couple of years, and um, now they have an official partner, and it's Honda. So Honda is probably going to be providing the architecture, the the vehicle itself. They're going to build the vehicle and maybe even the electric power train system. I don't know. I don't even know if this is going to be also a joint venture with General Motors because if you if you hadn't known this already, um, GM and Honda are partnered together to create quite a few vehicles. One of them is the A100, which is, um, I think it's called the... Uh, Oh, what is it called? GM A100 platform, the Cruise, A100 Cruise. And basically, it's an autonomous vehicle that looks the same in the front as it does in the rear. It's a taxi. It's a slow-moving taxi uh, that's for meant for kind of the city. Um, but that's one of the vehicles. The other one is the new Honda Prologue, which is an SUV that's going to share quite a bit with the Chevy Blazer EV as well as with an Acura that's coming out in the near future. So, um, and then there's probably a couple other vehicles in there that are going to share some stuff, but this, I don't know. It looks a little bit like it could be within that same, uh, architecture. I don't know. There's not much to go off of. All we see is this really cool sedan with a, it's a weird kind of fastback to it. Um, the overall silhouette of this car is just, cool it's not quite a wagon um but it's it's just got a really big greenhouse and it's definitely a hatchback there's a lot of cargo space it's an ev it's got lots of sony tech and tons of screens interestingly enough it has a yoke steering wheel and it's almost the same yoke steering wheel that uh tesla was getting knocked for and um yeah so you know not everybody loves a yoke but they make great sense for an autonomous vehicle not and and f1 racing cars but not so much sense for your normal daily driver i don't know if you don't have to make a lot of turns then maybe it works great and if you rely on a lot of the autonomous tech then you really don't need the steering wheel at all the steering wheel kind of tucks away and you're just left with a lot of technology that you can lay back and enjoy I like Sony products, uh, uh, everything from Walkman to um, some of their, like their Sony Explode sound systems. I, I, I've always liked their stuff. Their mini disc player, the uh, really cool, I think it's like WM1, Walkman 1A, I think. It's like an iPod, but better. And, you know, high fidelity sound, just a super cool product. But uh, looking at this, this, this is one of those proven points that a vehicle is a product it just is uh you know this doesn't look like a car quite like the lucid or a tesla where you really want to drive it as well but yes at the same time it can do a little bit of the driving for you this feels more like you're almost going to get chauffeured in it although how luxurious it is i don't know i don't know you know there's not much to go off of other than um you know, they gave some specs about it being a dual motor, all-wheel drive, subs five seconds, zero to 60, uh, big, beefy, fat tires. And it, it's a it's a cool-looking car. I can't wait to see this on the road, and I hope it does really well. But here's what bugs me. The name. Afila? A-F-E-E-L-A? It sounds like Adidas and Fila and Affleck all rolled into one and you get this word afila. I don't know what it means. I don't even care. It's just, it feels like, um, like it wasn't thought out all that well, especially when you have, you know, you have Sony and you have Honda. So I think this is more of like a branding thing. Like afila is going to be more of a brand rather than the vehicle's name itself. But whatever it still looks really cool i hope it comes out soon i want to drive one and that's just the end of that okay on to the next one uh we're going to jump on real quick um kind of a change of pace because this really wasn't at ces <clears throat> we're going to leave ces in las vegas for a moment here and i'm going to step back to a vehicle that's already been announced 
but I wanted to talk about it briefly because uh, it's a direction that Cadillac is going that I'm really excited about. Uh, and I actually have some development experience in it. And uh, I'm just, I think it's a great way for Cadillac to go. And that's the Celestique. If you don't know what the Celestique is, it's the next vehicle in Cadillac's electric program or their portfolio, like the Lyric. And it's this, I don't even know what to call it. It's a sedan, but it's got like a wagon's overall silhouette, but it's it's so squashed. It looks like a sport performance car. Like it could have the Blackwing logo on it. And it's it would be like a supercar. Um, but it fits a lot of people and it fits a lot of luggage. Well, I'm sorry, it fits four people. Let me get that uh, right out the door. There are four seats in the car. All four are bucket seats. All four are super, super expensive. And they all have speakers in them. They all massage, heated, ventilated, everything. Um, now, I said I have some experience in the development of this car and it's just the seats. So I've got some hands-on experience with the seats. They're really cool. But like a lot of everything else in the vehicle and the vehicle itself, it's hand-built. Um, everything. And you can customize just about everything from the color of the car to some of the materials. Like on the inside, you can get metal, you can get wood, you can get carbon fiber, you can get Alcantara suede, you can get different kinds of leather, you can get synthetic leather. Whatever you want, you can different different colors. In fact, this blue one that they show on autoblog.com has a matching blue interior. Your, your options are uh, endless, really. Um, yes, every one of them is going to get these same, the same three screen layout with the fourth one kind of in the center console. The shape of everything is probably going to be the same, but some of them, like most of the materials are going to be fully customizable. Uh, if you want leather, um, like blue leather and carbon fiber and then aluminum trim, you can do it. You can mix and match. It's, it's nuts what, what goes on in this vehicle. And that's why it's like a $300,000 car. Um, it's like a supercar. It's like a Bentley. It's like a Rolls Royce, but arguably better uh, because it has just more usability, more function, and it's really more of a driver's car. Sure, you could get chauffeured in this, no problem, but I think Cadillac really wanted this to be a vehicle that you drive too. Um, you don't just buy to have somebody drive you around in it, but you could if you wanted to. And uh, it's, I do really like that and appreciate that about uh, what Cadillac did here. And, you know, if Cadillac decides to do more vehicles like this, uh, or at least offer more design input from the owner, I think that could be really good. And it would definitely push Cadillac way beyond uh, just your typical Mercedes, Audi, or BMW. And you would be in the range of like Rolls Royce or Bentley or Maybach. And, uh, and it's a tough field to play in because those, um, those players have already been there for quite some time and they know what they're doing. But <clears throat> I think with the right team and the right uh, vehicles, Cadillac can be there too. And uh, what I've seen so far with the Celestique, I'm, I'm just blown away. I think this thing is gorgeous. Uh, it reminds me of like the El Mirage concept that they had and any other concept that they had that is just like, wild proportions and then they were able to actually do it here with the celestique and i like the fact that they in some of these pictures they uh, they actually have a very beautiful woman sitting in the driver's seat and she's driving the car it's her car she is driving this thing and she is taking it uh wherever you know life takes her and that's awesome uh, because I, I it's like you know owning comic books or some other valuable things and you don't ever read them and you just put them in glass cases and you don't ever do anything with it. I don't, I don't get being chauffeured. Uh, I love driving and I, you know, some people have to be because of a disability or something. Um, but just the point of buying some of these really expensive cars and you don't actually ever drive them. I don't know. just seems kind of silly to me. All right. On to the next thing. And this is just a quick tidbit because we don't have anything yet to go off of other than the fact that the rotary engine is back and it's going to be the Mazda MX-30 range extender so the mx30 is an underwhelming from an electric vehicle standpoint it's quite underwhelming it it's not very fast um it doesn't have a good range at all it's like a bit over i don't know 100 or something 
but it's a cool package. It looks great. The interior is gorgeous. It's very upscale, uh, but people wanted more. And in this case, um, they're going to bring back the rotary engine. The last time we saw a rotary engine was in, I believe, the RX-8. And it's just a super cool engine. And that was called the Renesis, by the way. But uh, now we're going to get an electric vehicle with a range extender that is um, a, uh, a rotary engine. Now, if you don't know what a rotary engine is, I highly recommend Googling one and uh, going on YouTube and seeing how they work. But basically, with uh, a normal V8 or an inline car, you have cams that rotate. And as they rotate, they have these segmentations uh, that push different cylinders up at different times. And, you know, that's how you get your firing and your pistons going up and down, blah, blah, blah. Well, with the rotary engine, there's three and Mazda, I think is the one that came up with this. Um, there's three points. So there's three pistons essentially, and they're aimed kind of like inwards. And there's this rotary thing, this triangle that's kind of rounded uh, on its sides and it rotates and hits each one of those pistons at different times. It's really cool how it works. And um, I'm excited to see it finally coming back uh, because I've always just been super fascinated by rotary engine. But all we have to go by right now is the rotary engine symbol, which is the triangle. We'll call it a rounded triangle with an E on the inside. So it's a rotary E our uh, range extender. So basically uh, a an electric motor, electric batteries, uh, or well, just batteries will power the vehicle, but to extend the range um, so that people don't have range anxiety with this vehicle, there is a gas powered motor that will kick in at a certain point to um, recharge those batteries. And, uh, you know, you'll have X amount of gas to burn as well. Um, BMW actually did this as well with the i3. They had an i3 and an i3 Rex or a range extender. And, uh, it, you know, it made the vehicle a bit more valuable. Still not great range, but I, I'm, you know, this is a good, I think this is what more electric vehicles should be right now. Instead of just dumping it all into electric vehicles, I think we should have range extended vehicles, plug-in hybrids, more of that than we do um just flat out evs but you know we'll see how all the automakers decide to meet the cafe standards and stringent fuel emissions or emission standards so okay on to the next one uh this is just a little tidbit and <laughs> would be interesting to hear what you guys think about it uh the i mentioned the cadillac celestique and then i also mentioned in the in there the lyric um the lyric is an SUV, but GM wants the U.S. Treasury Treasury to reconsider that and not count it as an SUV, but count it as a car, meaning like a station wagon or a car car or like a hatchback, you know, something that is not a crossover or an SUV. And I'm sorry, but all I see out of this thing is an SUV. If you take out all the fancy legwork and design in the taillights and the shark fin in the back, it's an SUV. It's got big wheels. It sits up really high and, you know, it's got a, it's got a hatchback. So you either call it a hatchback or you call it an SUV, whatever. It, it, it almost looks like the, the Cadillac SRX, which thank God is gone now. And it turned into eventually the X-T5. It got smaller. Um, but this is kind of like that. It's just a lot sexier. This is a very beautiful vehicle. I love the Lyric. I think it's a great vehicle. Um, it's a great design. It's more of like a mass market, uber luxury vehicle like the Celestique. Uh, and it just works. It makes sense. It's gorgeous. But GM, come on, man. This is an SUV. And if somehow you manage to convince the U.S. Treasury to reconsider it so that you can get tax credits for it, Oh, man. Godspeed. Good for you. Okay, so the next one is, um, uh, I, I've mentioned this already quite a few times, just as like a hint to what is coming. I um, alluded to, or I gave some 
oh, what is the word? I just lost it. Uh, for foresight, um, foretold, whatever the word is. I cannot think of it right now. Good grief. Uh, basically, Tesla had the yoke steering wheel for the Tesla Model S and the Model X. Well, it did not go over very well for most people. Some people thought it was cool. A lot of people thought it was novel and didn't really care. And they just thought, oh, it's it's an autonomous vehicle, which it's not, by the way. Autopilot's not true autopilot. Uh, and they just accepted it. You know, that was the new status quo. We're all going to get yokes. Well, not everybody loved it. And some of the yokes were falling apart. So now you get a steering wheel, a typical circle with a flat bottom uh, standard. The yoke is available to those who are feeling a little frisky and want to try something different. Frankly, I can drive a yoke. I don't prefer because it's a square and I like circles. Um, you know, Ugg made square into wheel. Why Ugg go backwards and make circle into square? You know, that kind of thing. And yeah, I'm, I'm fine with a normal rounded steering wheel. Definitely has to have a flat bottom, but uh, that's that's that. Okay, so the last thing I am going to mention is the fact that uh, back to the autonomous driving thing and how, you know, really no vehicle is truly autonomous yet. Uh, and part of that is because there's no uh, law set up yet for it. A lot of companies are testing autonomous vehicles like Waymo and GM with the crews, and they're testing them only in cities that have agreed to allow for that kind of testing to happen. And they're at low speeds. They're mostly as taxis. Uh, they're not as personal owned vehicles. So it's very limited to where you can drive these things. But uh, a lot of companies are quick to jump on board with offering Netflix and video games. And in the way of Tesla, you can play Cyberpunk 277 in your car great so we have idiots who are sleeping in the back of their car or the front and uh no hands on the steering wheel and um, they are able to do that they're not really able to it's also illegal and the car warns you and tells you do not do that in many many places but uh people do it anyways and um now they're the ability to play video games in it's not the back seats the back seats would be fine i could care less even the front passenger i could care less what they do in fact the grand wagoneer and the new grand cherokee have a third screen for the passenger uh, the driver gets his uh, infotainment system in the center and then they have their gauge cluster screen and then now the passenger gets their own screen and they can do quite a bit on there it's, it's pretty much like a whole android suite um but <laughs> come on now giving the driver the ability to play any game now yes it doesn't let you play it while you're driving yet but you know somebody's going to find a workaround for that anyways we're coming down to the last 45 seconds of this show so thank you guys for tuning in i appreciate it um coming up soon is the chicago auto show which i will be attending with my buddy anthony and we will be taking plenty of pictures we will be going live we'll be having interviews with people and uh, i'm super excited so stay tuned for that but in the meantime, sketch, sketch, sketch. Get your sketchbooks out. Learn something new. Go learn Gravity Sketch. Go learn Alias or Blender. And uh, like always, be good to one another and love your neighbor. Uh, be kind to somebody. Tell somebody like a parent or a loved one you love them. And I will talk to you guys next week here on Sketchbook Audio.